The Talk of the Street is brought to you by Donahue Solicitors, an award-winning firm of expert compensation claims lawyers. Donahue Solicitors represents claimants throughout England and Wales in their civil actions against the police, data breach, personal injury, and professional negligence claims. To start your compensation claim, go to www.donahue-solicitors.co.uk or call 08000-124-246 today. Hello and welcome to episode 89 of the Talk of the Street, an unofficial Coronation Street catch-up podcast that, if it's honest, was expecting something a lot more than from this week than karaoke on a bus, Sam Gavin. <laughs> There was a lot of karaoke on the bus. Well, it wasn't really karaoke. Well, they were singing along. <laughs> Lots of singing along. God damn it, Coronation Street, you're actually sneaking some singing along. Anyway, I'm Gavin. <sighs> and you don't have an adjective. No, well, I... It, I'm a little addled. Well, I just... I've, I've got a lot going on, and I have bronchitis. So it's kept me from getting stuff done, and so I'm... Yeah, I'm exhausted. I was kind of hoping that you'd want to be doing this tomorrow morning as opposed to tonight. I'm all over the place. I think I'd rather be sleeping. I just want to get it done and over with. No offence to the the lovely people. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and I've discovered that to get an inhaler in this country now, it's like 40 bucks if you have really expensive insurance. Which is just ridiculous because I remember the last time we I do had, have really expensive insurance. I know, so it shouldn't I cost. I pay for it. It shouldn't cost forty dollars for an inhaler. I can't imagine what people who actually have asthma and need inhalers all the time have to go through. I remember having an inhaler, and it costing like five bucks, and and it's just jumped in the last ten years. Well, they've written it for a a brand rather than a generic. That's probably what's happened. It's just albuterol. It's it should be cheap. Yeah, there'll be a generic version of it. It'll be five bucks. Hmm. I don't know. Usually they they write for. Oh, who knows? It's depressing though, and I wish we had. What the UK has. Don't don't ever let your national medical stuff go. Oh, you're UK so people. struggling to think of NHS. <laughs> Please don't let the, <coughs> the <coughs> NHS go. Excuse me. Hmm. Hmm. <clears throat> what else has been going on this week? Oh, well. It's been quite busy. Yeah. I feel like, like I said, kind of tired and yeah. ready for my bed. Yeah, I've got... Uh, and it's only eight o'clock. <laughs> I've got a letter of recommendation to write for a Girl Scout. I have... You know, events for July to get scheduled and worked on, and uh, 
so that I have the flyers for the Quiet Adventure Symposium all set up, which is like in two weeks. We scheduled our first cookie booths, which will be coming up in a couple of weeks. You did one at work? Yes. Because there's stuff already up at work about that. And I was like, I don't think that's us. Yeah. A- is it? Yeah. Okay. When did, it, when did it say that it was? I can't remember when oh, it is. I don't know. Uh, Ryan told me about it. I didn't, oh. I didn't actually see it. It was in yeah. the break room. I don't oh, go to the break room because to... I don't get breaks. Well, you don't take breaks. Well, I, the breaks that I take, I tend to spend... Not stretching your legs. Not stretching my legs. Getting a little bit of exercise in your day. Evacuating my unmentionables. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Fascinating stuff. Shall we preamble, my dear? I know. We haven't really had a very exciting week, unfortunately. No. And I'm kind of just wanting to get this done as quickly (laughs) as possible. Because you're sick and I'm tired. So together we're sick and tired. (laughs) Oh, oh hey. sick and tired of being sick and tired. Correct. Very much so. I don't know if it's like the dust in this house or something, all these carpets. I don't think that's how you get bronchitis. It can't I'm help. Sniffing that microphone as loud as you like. Go on. You know you want to. <laughs> it's delicious. <laughs> yes. Let's go. Let's do this thing. Give us some of that sick Cory news. So long, Paula. Sterling Gallagher, who plays our favorite bisexual, has been cast as police officer Fion in Casualty. Hopefully this doesn't mean she's hung up her blazer forever and that she's just, you know, she'll do both shows. It's not just a one-off. I don't don't think so. A lot of characters in Casualty are just one-off. They appear for that one episode and then they're gone. Well, I don't really watch casualties. So. Oh, I haven't seen it in years, but... But it, it seems like she's playing the wife of a long-term character. Oh, well, maybe. So, well, I'm that's assuming... That's a BBC show, and then, though, and... Right. Corey's an ITV show, which you would think is a bit of a conflict. I don't think so. I mean, so many people... This is this is the thing, Not you know. The same time, back though. in the day, back in the day, you know, you had one show, or you did, you know, or you were in the movies and that was it but now we have people that do three or four different shows on different networks or you know do a streaming show and then a network show and they do another and they do like five or six movies a year it's kind of crazy it seems to be the same people over and over again i can't think of anyone else that's in a recurring drama on bbc and itv simultaneously hmm I think this would be very unusual. Well, no, but we've seen people do Corey and also do reality television at the same time. So Yeah, but those are both ITV shows. Eh. So what's your point, Cole? Anyway. It was, you know, it was, it was shocking when she tweeted about it earlier this week. I was like, oh my goodness. Yeah, I don't think she's gone out of it, haven't you? Yeah seen anything that would suggest no. that i don't really keep up to date with the spoilers though so i don't know no me neither oh i kind of do but you know it's my job to keep up with the spoilers is it partially yes this week marked the ten thousandth episode of cory william roach who as ken barlow is the only cast member who has been there from the start says if they had offered him a 60-year contract from the beginning, he would have run off. a mile. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
apparently the early episodes were all live. Right. And there were rehearsals for three days, which they no longer do. They don't have any rehearsal now. I don't just, see how they have time for it, no. Because it was on, when I started watching it, it was on on a Monday at 7.30 for half an hour and on a Wednesday at 7.30 for half an hour. And that was pretty it. Pretty crazy. So there was only like, well, it wasn't even an hour. It was like right. 45 minutes or so. So we get more in one day <clears throat> than we got in one week back in Oofed. what the early 80s. I don't know what it was like when it... When I first started, I can imagine it would probably be even less than that. So they got rehearsal time. Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah, three days of rehearsal, and then they have a dress rehearsal, and then they did the show. Yeah, I, I think... Because I think it was only, like, two episodes a week. But then again, there was, like, what? One channel? Two no, channels? Three at that point. Three? Or maybe, maybe two. Three. BBC One and ITV, maybe. Right. So lots of ch- lots has changed from the, from the early days. I can imagine that these days it's... Your dress rehearsal is take one. Yeah, and there's like no prompting or anything. You just, and you do different things and learn your lines. Yeah, I bet there are cue cards. Oh, plenty. I would have thought. <laughs> Let's not speculate as to <laughs> where they're probably most likely to end up. No, spe- because I couldn't tell you. Mm. Speaking of live episodes, it sounds like we won't be getting one for the 60th anniversary. Thank God. Which has left some fans divided, although it doesn't really bother us much as we never get to watch it in real time when it's originally broadcast. No. And it's just a gimmick. It is kind of just a gimmick. The only reason you watch it live is to see somebody fuck up. (laughs) That's the only reason you watch it. So (laughs) if they get some time to actually shoot it and film it properly, I'd I'd far prefer that. Like some of the stuff that we saw this week with uh, Matt Hilton's direction uh-huh. on Monday and Wednesday was... It was very clean. It was very... It was clean and it was crisp and it was inventive. Mm. And I liked it very much. I would like more stuff like that rather than... Gimmicks. Gimmicks and live episodes, which have been done. And they've been done by Coronation Street and they've been done by EastEnders. And it's just... It's yeah. dull now. I, I, we don't really get live shows over here unless they do like a live, like when they did that uh, live, um, they do live musicals occasionally mm-hmm. on television here. And then they're, they've done a couple of times with like classic television shows. They'll recreate a classic episode with new actors and they'll do it live like they just did the, the Jeffersons this summer. I think it's fine for musicals particularly because that's kind yeah. of the... The environment in which it was meant to be done absolutely in a theater done live and so spontaneous you, yeah, yeah. So you screw up then you just have to keep on going right hmm. but for like a show with with dialogue and you know singing and dancing <laughs> or oh god no let's, let's not let's not think of cory the, <laughs> cory the musical cory the musical exclamation point <laughs> or cory exclamation point for the 60th anniversary yeah, I'd be happy not, not to have to the see musical. that. I'd be quite happy not to see that. <laughs> and that's Corey News. That's Corey News, our mailbag. Chloe from Nova Scotia wrote in for the first time in a while. Actually, I think she might have written in one time when I forgot to read out the mailbag. <gasps> which I've done a couple of times. Shameful, so, shameful, shameful. Anyway, howdy Chloe, I hope you're well. She's become a fan of Timbot 4000, would you believe? Oh, and thinks maybe he could eventually take over Gav's role if he works on the accent a little bit. Thank you. I Tim, think. Timbot's... Do I, do I, do I, is that a compliment or... Timbot's a girl. Is that a... Yeah, that's the funny bit. That's why... It, that, to me, is why it's funny. Right, yeah. Timbot is... But 
But Timbot's Timbot's pronouns are she and her, no, not no, he no. and him. <laughs> they and them. But thankfully, you don't you okay, never have to so, refer them to. That so Timbot is they're, non. They're always here. Timbot is non-binary then. So Timbot is not a girl. Timbot a, is has non-binary. A, has a girl's voice and a man's name, which cancel each other out. So they're non-binary. That's how it works. Look, I fucking made Timbot four thousand. I know what I'm talking about. Robots think, don't really have gender, though. They just imitate gender. There's like, I can't even remember where it was this week that I heard like a discussion about like the gender of uh, BB-8 and and R2-D2 and, and stuff and how, you know. R2-D2 robots... and C-3PO are homosexual and R2-D2 is an asshole. <laughs> there, I'm glad I could clear that up for you. First time correspondent, I think, Jim... Have we had a gym before? I don't remember if we've had a gym before. Apologies, Jim, if you've had well, one before. I've never had a gym before. <laughs> Wink. And I will take that to my grave. <laughs> Jim says he has 50 quid on at the bookies that Tim's mum will come back just so we can get Tim, Tim's dad, and Tim's mum in the same podcast at the same time. That'll be fun. Plus on the show, I guess. Yes. Because if Tim's mum... But most mom, importantly on our podcast. Because if Tim's mum does show up, I don't care what her name is. Right. She's Tim's mum. Right. <laughs> they were that's how they refer to her on the show. Which fucking cracks me off. <laughs> Every time Tim's he dad says Tim's mum. Yeah, he doesn't say her name, he just says Tim's mom and it's like or when he or he says to her, Your mum, you know, they never they never refer to her by name. Every and that's time he says so Tim's weird. Mom. Every time he says that, I just smile and so just weird. nod my head. Yep. So weird. It's Tim's mum. So doesn't weird. have a name. It's Tim's mum. So weird. Hindsight Corner. A blue, 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 boop. Nothing in Hindsight Corner. A blue, 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 boop. We didn't mess up anything last week. We didn't speculate on anything last week. I find that hard to believe. I've had a busy week. <laughs> welcome, welcome, welcome. <laughs> Welcome to Last Year Tonight with me, John Oliver. Actually, I started the SpongeBob Squarecast with welcome, welcome, welcome. I know, I heard that this Yesterday. morning. It was hilarious. <laughs> I didn't realise I was saying it. It's fun to say. It is fun to say. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Yes. Just enough time to quickly talk about shut the front door. Let me turn that down a little bit. Yes, please. Shut the front door. Do you remember what this was on? This was about? Um... Did, did Chesney's door get damaged Chesney again? Chesney was involved. This was Emma and Chesney looking to get Roy's mum's wedding ring back off the block from bread. Oh, that's right. And he had this wonderful diamond thing and Emma was, oh, shut the front door. Remember, she was giving it big Oh, licks. yes. I was Gavin and you were nauseous. <laughs> this is, honestly, this is like looking through a, a crystal ball or a, <laughs> a reverse crystal ball. What would that uh-huh. be? The, the past, I guess. Well, yes, because, because it is the past. Because you threw up five minutes before we started recording. <laughs> You've done that recently as well, during a recording. Yeah, that was really weird. That still freaks me out. Mm-hmm. Like, and I was fine before, and I was fine afterwards. Was it nerves? Maybe it was nerves it about recording a podcast. It wasn't nerves, because I'd recorded, like, millions of podcasts before then. Sure, Chuck. And after... So, and I don't really get nervous. Have you ever seen me nervous? Ever? Ever? Yeah, I think so. 
for like surgeries. You're nervous for that. You're nervous uh, a little bit of the elections as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was. Podcasting, though, because... Fucked. I'm a performer. <laughs> this is this is what I do. It's what I live for. <laughs> oh, dear. dear me. <laughs> the patter. Oofed. Little Mermaid this weekend. Yeah, it starts at four, by the way. Oh, good. <laughs> well, see, it w- I, was, I was quoting Ursula the Sea Witch when I said, that's what I do. It's what I live for. Oh, I don't know about Little Mermaid. <sighs> I was speaking with Josh as I was waiting for the pizza tonight uh-huh. at Darbs, and Josh said that, yeah, you remember watching Little Mermaid when he was a kid. Yeah. He I think I was of the age that it was probably kind of one for the watching if I was sitting about watching Little Mermaid. Well, you're three years older than me, so I, I don't think so. When did that come out? Anyway, this was week one of you listening to your hindsight corner bloops through headphones and we had our temporary set-up in the dining room before we moved permanently into the office a couple of weeks later. 1989. 89. Really? Yeah. Oh, so I was 16. Yeah. Still. It would have been a great... Not really for 16 It would have been a great date night movie for you. I wasn't dating when I was 16. I was... You weren't dating when you were 16? I was going through uh, what I describe as the long barren patch. Yeah, but didn't you lose your virginity at like 15? Mm-hmm. And then nothing... <laughs> Then nothing, nothing for years, for years after that. I was was an awkward little thing. Poor Gav. And you still are. Yeah. Paul is still a bit of a ragamuffin stealing flowers and Roy's mum's ring. Emma breaks up with Chesney so he can be with Gemma. People continually guilt Liz into letting Jenny off for running her down. You were particularly angry about that. I really was. Liz eventually escapes to the sun on a plane from the 1980s. Oh, I remember that. The cardboard plane from the 1980s. Mm-hmm. That was <laughs> like six feet of legroom. It was great. Brilliant. Abby, Abby? Abby makes plans to disappear into the sunset on Peter's boat and neglects to tell Peter about this. Nick and David are looking to hire a certain type of barber for the new oh, barber shop. Oh, God, yes, Renee. They're looking for a stunner. Yes. But end up interviewing an Italian man called Andrea. Oh, yes, Andrea. Clayton rears his head again and David wants to stand by Shona. Moment of the week was Carla and Roy being all daughter and father with each other. Yeah, we've been giving Roy moment of the week for years. <laughs> and boring, boring moment of the week was the arrival of a foosball table. And that was Coronation Street and the talk of the street this time last year. <laughs> we love Roy. Shall we dive in, my dear? Yes, please. Our first storyline tonight. Leave him alone, Bethany. On Monday, Daniel wakes up to find Bethany lying beside him on the couch. Leave yourself alone, Bethany. He he creepily fixes her hair, which wakes her up. He rushes off to get Bertie and suggests that she slinks out before she gets into bother with Alia for being late at the bistro. So Daniel's put on the wash and Bethany's dressed now and is worried that they've made things weird between the two of them. Daniel thinks that last night was nice and he suggests that they meet up for lunch or something. They don't kiss because of morning breath, so they settle on an awkward way of goodbye. Sarah has found that Bethany wasn't... Do you think morning breath is really an excuse? Or is that just an excuse for the excuse? I think if you were that keen, then I don't think morning breath would put you off, would it? It it never has put me off of of your lovely face. Mm. Mm. Ditto. Sarah has found that Bethany wasn't at home last night, and Bethany admits that she slept over at Daniel's. Sarah warns her about getting involved with a man who has just finished burying his wife. 
And Daniel meets up with Bethany at the bistro. He thinks it's too soon uh, for them to be a thing and he wishes he could say when they'll be ready. Bethany says that she's not going anywhere and she will wait on them. Ugh. Mm. Well, I mean, it's not like... It's not like she has oodles of options otherwise. Mm. She's like 19. She's got, you know... She's got her, 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 her gay boyfriend... Well, that's I, been kind of just forgotten. That's kind of just it? gone by the wayside, apparently. Who knows? So but could, other than that, who is she going to date? Oh, Joseph's in the bath, so. <laughs> He's that a little rolls, young for her. Rules him out. What's his name? Princess Leo? <laughs> Motley? <laughs> oh, Peppa Pig? Oh, we've lost her. <laughs> oh dear. Um, who does Colson Smith play again? Oh, no, no, Craig. <laughs> Is it bad that I remember the actor's name, but I can't remember the character he plays? Let's just crack on, shall we? <laughs> <laughs> on Wednesday, Bethany turns up at Daniel's to check on Bertie. She's been ODing on inspirational memes. Daniel's beard is not remarked upon. <laughs> Stop making me laugh. I'm sorry. <laughs> I do sound like Muttley. A little bit. Uh. We'll get you next time, Penelope Pittsburgh. <laughs> next time. <laughs> Those were the best, weren't they? I loved Wacky Races. Wacky Races Wacky was my Races favorite is thing. great. Because it was genuinely exciting. Who's going to win the Wacky Race this week? Nobody knows. You don't know. You know it's not going to be Dastardly and Muttley. No, no. But it could be It could, it be, could anyone. be anybody. This is not going to surprise you <laughs> one little bit, but uh, we used to bet on who was going to win. <laughs> you you used to bet races. on who's going to win the Wacky Races. Yeah. Really? Yeah, it's a lottery. It was fine. That's so funny. Roy is at the bistro. No. Ray is at the bistro with a body group of men. Ray tells Alia and Bethany that these are his mates and tells Bethany to be nice to them. These are important clients who need to be kept happy and Bethany isn't keen on yeah, this well, at all. Yeah, well, which one are they, Ray? Are they your mates or are they important clients? Right. Make up your mind. And he mentions that he's networking with them as well. Like this... Don't network with your mates. Shop. No. And it's like this one specific guy that he wants her to be nice to. And I think and Bethany sees... Uh, gross. She sees uh, comparisons between this and the... Right. Ring. right, yeah. So she's not happy and she thinks that Ray's a bit of a creepoid. A creepoid anyway. Which he is. At the bistro, the lads are continuing to be rowdy. Bethany takes an ice cream sundae with a sparkler over to the main guy saying that this is what Ray demanded happen. And I don't know why... Why is this particularly bad? I don't know, because it's childish, I guess. But the guy is happy. The guy thinks He's it's happy, funny. He's happy, yep. But Ray is like, blah. Later, Ray is bitching to Alia about Bethany's behaviour. He tells her they need to control the staff better. Then along comes Bethany asking if everything's okay. Ray tells her that her jacket's on a sugarly peg, which seems to surprise Bethany. Hmm. And she goes round to see Daniel, and she is fucking furious. She's been as good as fired, she says. Ray sacked her with his eyes. But she doesn't (laughs) care. He checks that she hasn't completed her application thing, and then suggests that that's what they do. Daniel thinks the application is strong, and without Bethany's say-so or approval, he emails it to whoever it is. For Which her. is good, because you know she was never going to do it. It's not his place. doesn't matter. She was never going to do it. 
She wanted to rewrite it, and what if she doesn't want to move away to Preston anyway? She's angry, and he doesn't know why. And that's as far as we get with that storyline this week. Well, because, you know, she <clears throat> the insinuation is he wants her to go. Oh, I didn't take it that way. I thought when she said that she, what if she doesn't want to move to Preston, he kind of suddenly realised, oh yeah, if you get this, then that means that you're moving to Preston. And oh shit, why did I do that? Well, I, I think she's angry because she thinks that he wants her to go just to get her out of his hair. Which is why she doesn't want to go. But not really, though, because he's been saying to her that if he had some time, or if, if, if this was a little later, then they could be a thing. So it's, right. like, it's like he's contemplating it. Who knows? <laughs> they, they and re- furthermore... Who cares? <laughs> I don't care for this at all. I don't, I don't appreciate it. One no, no it's, it is it is too soon. What's it mean? Four months? been as much as that it's october been. yeah probably about four months didn't she die in november i thought it was october october november november i think three four months yeah three months let's call it three months yeah it's not let's enough it time not enough time especially for somebody you know where there's still some raw emotions there from them getting caught snogging before Sinead was even dead mm-hmm. you know oh god you'd think that that would Put them both off. Raise it up, just red flags and yeah, alarm maybe, bells ringing. Maybe let's not do this. Right. They're going to do it, though. They're absolutely going to do it. <laughs> going to hate it. Well, they're going to simulate doing it. Oh, they're no. They're not going to actually do it. Well. Because it's a TV show. Whether they do it or not, it's neither here nor there. But by doing it, I mean get together. Yes. They're also going to do it. <laughs> Our next storyline tonight is probably the main storyline, apart from Friday's episode, which was... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tim's Tim's fucking dad. I just... um... I am Timbot4000. Tim's fucking dad can Mm -hmm. go and fling shite at himself. (laughs) Correct. (laughs) Well said, Timbot4000. Go and fling shite at himself. You know how I feel about this storyline. At this point, I'm just... Are you watching it at all, or are you just skipping through it, or are you... I have I have developed a set of, of coping mechanisms, <laughs> okay. which has really helped, and, you know, and I would like, I would like to share them, because um, from, from what I've pervaded on Twitter, there are other people like myself who have been really kind of triggered mm-hmm. by this storyline... So, you know, if I can share some things that have helped me, it might help other people. Use this platform to do good. Yes. As opposed to evil. Yes. I, um, this is, this storyline especially, I read the spoilers so that I'm kind of more prepared, which is something that I do, like, if we're going to go see a horror movie, I'll read up on it before we go. And that kind of helps me, you know, you're still entertained. Right. But you have some awareness of what's coming so you can kind of brace yourself and you can pace yourself and it's not like something's going to jump up and shock you and and really hurt you. Mm-hmm. So that's that's an important coping mechanism. I have not been watching the episodes as much at night. I'll watch them during the day when I know that this storyline is going to come up. Mm-hmm. You know, because at night 
when you've been working all day and you're kind of tired and exhausted already, you really don't want something that's going to traumatize you further, you know, right. from your day. Mm-hmm. So I highly recommend that. I would not drink alcohol while watching it. I would make myself a cup of tea, you know, something soothing, but not something that's a depressant. I think it's really important. So make yourself a cup of tea, watch it during the day, and allow yourself the spoilers because I find that really, really, really helps with with this particular storyline because it has it has gotten to a point where if I don't if I don't take care of myself first before watching it, I just I can't watch it. You know. And I know that there are other people out there like me who are having a really hard time with this one. That's incredibly powerful if you have to have like three or four things that you have to do to get through watching like right something that's supposed to be entertainment right and it's it's tough because you know i kind of have to watch it so that we can do the podcast i have to have some awareness of what's going on but it's it's been really it's been really rough <laughs> just there for the first time ever i'm just like i i just i don't want to watch the show but we'll get to the kind of specifics of it i guess but there were a couple of moments this week that that really I, impacted you I, as well. I, I it takes a lot to shock me and the kind of the horror movies that you talk of are kind of mm-hmm. i usually got a kick out of that on right on some level and i quite enjoy being being scared and getting a little fright yeah. and it doesn't it doesn't it's not something that has a negative effect on me i don't i don't right. think and there's probably exceptions to that but but mm-hmm. by and large but there were a couple of moments, and I'll point them out when we get to them, that yes. I was like, holy shit, I can't believe they did that. No. I can't believe that happened. And, I, and oh my God, it kind of just, the wind, you kind of forget to breathe a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's just... And I mean, that's important. That's important too. Watch it. Don't You know, one of the other benefits of not watching it in real time, watching it the next day, you know, during the day or something, is that that way you can pause it mm-hmm. and put it away and go do something else for a while if you need to take a break. Right. Allow yourself breaks when, you know, some of these traumatic storylines come up. And those are my recommendations. Okay, well, let's get through it then. Yes, please. Tim's fucking dad. <sighs> On Monday, Yasmin is clearing the skirt and boards while Tim's dad tells a pointless story about how he fell in love with magic and torturing small animals. Yeah, because he did the dumb red X again. Mm-hmm. Because he's an idiot. He mentions that his dad was a hard man to please. Mm. And he gives Yasmin 20 quid to go and get the weekly shop done. And then bitches when she says that she needs more. Tim comes down while Tim's dad smooshes uh, that nothing... Smooshes. That nothing Yasmin could cook would not meet his approval. I've worded that very badly. Yes, you have. Does the general gist of it come across? I guess. Tim's dad is very excited about the magic show that he'll be doing later. He's looking forward to being centre of attention again. Denalia arrives at Speed Dial and she wants to take Yasmin for a massage. Uh, just, nice of her. just having a coffee the other day wasn't enough. She's brought in cover and after thinking about it for a while, uh, Tim's dad doesn't need to know. So yeah, Yasmin's in. Let's do it. Then Tim's dad arrives at Speed Dial, disappointed that Yasmin has a massage booked because Emma has pulled out for being his magical assistant and was hoping that Jasmine would stand in instead. He gaslights her to agree to cancel the massage and be there for his big day. He's thrilled. Pig's tits, says Jasmine. 
Mm-hmm. Now, home, Tim's dad is explaining to Yasmin how the trick works, and they've got the whole box thing set up. Right. Yasmin thinks it looks pretty tight in there, and she's not good in enclosed spaces. She hasn't done this before. That's why we're fucking practicing systems, Dad. Yeah, perfect. They have an hour to go before the magic performance. <sighs> this is another thing that annoys me about the storyline. What? Magicians aren't cool. Well, I think that's kind of the point, isn't it? This is this was the problem with the Now You See It movies. Remember, remember the Now You See It movies? Yes. They, they tried to pretend that yeah. these four yeah. horsemen were kind of cult figures and Woody Harrelson and... Uh, two uh, other people Morgan Freeman he's like the he wasn't one of the horsemen though. no he was like one of the old gurus right so they think that the whole world Who's cares the girl in that movie it wasn't Kristen Stewart was it no and it wasn't Anna Kendrick no who was that oh, this is gonna bug me it was somebody I like and one of them I think it was a different one in the second movie but magicians aren't cool and now you see it tries to pretend that now you magicians see me. are. Not now you see. That was now you see it. No, now you see me. Was it now you see me? Mm-hmm. I thought it was now you see it. Now you see me. Now you don't. No, now you see it was. Oh, I... oh, see, Dave Franco was in that movie, and that's why I hated them. Although I don't hate Dave as much as I hate. Dave. Now you see it was a Scottish Mark... quiz show from the nineteen eighties, <laughs> starring Mark... Johnny Beatty. Mark Ruffalo was in that movie. I don't remember him being. Yeah. Uh, Isla Fisher. Isla Fisher. Yeah. Yeah. What else has she been in? Home and Away. It's speed oh, dial. Right. Alia is pissed at Yasmin pulling out, but don't like that. You're allowed to have fun without Tim's fucking dad, she says, and explains that she's rearranged. Then Tim's dad is reading through his lines in the wine cellar. Yasmin turns up look, looking sequins and mighty fine. She wants one more run through. He says if it goes wrong, they can make a joke of it, just like Penn and Teller. <laughs> You're no pen and you are no teller, Tim's, Tim's dad, fucking dad. Tim's dad and Yasmin are ready to get going. Tim's dad is the great Magnifico. He's a twat. Well, we knew that already. So, Tim's fucking dad is doing the crushed woman trick with Yasmin in the box. Yasmin is hidden in a secret compartment under the main trick, but Tim's dad is having problems uh, restoring the box, but it's caught up in her clothes. The crowd starts to make thinly veiled innuendo. Jiggle it, jiggle it, Jeff, they shout, and it finally works, and Yasmin steps out to rapturous applause. And this... everybody is recording it. Yeah. The way that this was shot was fantastic. Yeah, where he's like... Got a tracking like, shot around the right, whole around the space box and everything. And they did, like 1917, they did very clever little transitions that mm-hmm. don't look like cuts, but probably were cuts. Right. And then into the box and, oh, that was fabulous And like when they go out and, you know, and everybody's cheering and everything and there's Tim's dad and, and Yasmin and, and the colours of their costumes, mm-hmm. I thought were, were very well done as well. Agreed. Yes. So while everyone is in rapturous applause and Yasmin is looking so pleased and relieved that the thing's over and everyone's liking it, she says, uh-huh. we are just like Penn and Teller. Uh-huh. Tim's dad whispers to her, you ruined it, you clumsy office bitch. Oh, God. And that Surprised fucking you. shocked me. I was absolutely shocked by that. It I, was awful. It's not a word that you hear an awful lot on Coronation Street. No. So when you do hear it, it has a, a little bit of weight. Yeah. But in particular, when it's directed to... Someone lovely, like Yasmin. Lovely and not deserving of this. No. In any way, shape or form. No. It was, And the way that her face just... Just falls. Drained and she's... And she, but she has to pretend to still be happy and smiling and waving. Yeah. The irony of it being a crushed woman. Yes. And she's a crushed woman here. Yes. The, the irony did not escape... Either one of us, I don't think. No. 
Ed says how much he enjoyed their amateur comedy routine, which Tim's dad gets a bit upset about. Yes. Cathy thinks Jasmine was a natural. Brian and Tim get into an argument about whether it's damn squib or damp squid. Tim's dad calls Tim a bloody fool and then goes off to get the drinks in. So Tim's put the video of Tim's dad's routine on the internet and it's already pulling in the likes. Brian is curious as to how much of the routine was intentional, but Tim's dad ignores him. Some of the comments on the video suggest that Tim's dad hasn't a clue what he's doing. And I'm like, yes. Uh, Come on. Yes. Come on, internet comments. Destroy this man. No, because it, the internet comments destroy him and then he destroys Yasmin. Oh, true. But for that few seconds, I was mm. took a little bit of joy from that. Back at home, Tim will not shut up about that stupid video. He says, jiggle it. <laughs> jiggle it, Jeff. I know, I've written, jiggle it, Tim's dad. <laughs> <laughs> This is 15 minutes of fame. Yasmin thinks it might lead to new work. Tim's mm-hmm. dad thinks that they're all laughing at him. The video has only been up for a couple of hours and it's been liked over 2,000 times. Yeah. Yasmin is keen for Tim to stay uh, and almost begs him to stay for dinner. I know, that but, was tragic. But he goes off to make up with Sally, leaving uh-huh. Yasmin on her own with Tim's dad. Closing off the little party thing. This was a little bit of storyline that didn't have anything to do with anything. Michael says, cheerio to Grace and Tiana, and Aggie's there to ensure that Grace remembers that Michael is the dad. <laughs> Okie dokie. Oh. Tim's dad wonders why Yasmin was pleading to make Tim stay. Yasmin announces that he'd be proud because she got five days food for 18 quid. Tim's dad five says, but days, I, w- I said a week. I said a week. Tim's dad goes over the routine and thinks Yasmin deliberately wanted Tim's dad to look like a fool. He calls it her revenge. She says that she's sorry. All his years of performing and that's what he's going to be remembered for. How would you like it? And he taunts her as he films her on his phone. Was it his phone? Yeah. And he like gets really close up to her face. and She like, is sure that he's going to hit her. Yeah, she's terrified. Emma would do so much better. He calls her a state, refuses to eat her slop and then tells her to fuck off and get me some fucking chips. That video, I think, is going to come back to haunt him. I hope so. That that video doesn't exist for no reason. Correct. So something's going to have to happen with it. Correct. Oh. It was horrible. And then here we have Yasmin standing outside the house in the rain, terrified to go back in. Then Emma happens along and she's all cheery and she thinks that the video was ace. She's seen it. It's fantastic. It was so funny. And Yasmin says it was a shame that Emma had to back out because she'd be so much better. Then Emma says, well, I didn't have to back out. Tim's dad told me that she didn't need me. He didn't need me. Yeah, that he wanted to do it with you. Emma didn't pull out. She was sacked. And then Yasmin slowly walks into a dark and brooding house. Ugh. On Wednesday, Yasmin is making breakfast while Tim's dad is complaining about her being incendiary. A comedy website has picked up the video and it's gone international now. She doesn't think it's that much of a big deal what someone on the other side of the planet thinks. And he's like, well, how about I post that video you last night when you were so upset and looking like a fanny? Shall I post that? She says no, and he claims that she's born to wind him up. Maybe he will post that video. He throws her breakfast into the trash and then fucks off to Roy's Rolls for a proper breakfast. And calls her fat because she's like, I I haven't eaten yet. Mm -hmm. And he's like, well... You could you could stand to lose some weight. Oh, you're, you're people poker. think that you're people think thunder you don't thighs. want people to think that you're thunder thighs. I th- and they'll get some proper eggs. I still worry about that chicken. Tim's dad and Tim arrive at Roy's Rolls. He continues to complain about Yasmin's drinking and her eggs. Tim says that he has a long drive ahead of him, and Tim's dad thinks it might be an idea for him to have a sleepover. What was that about again? Because he doesn't want him to come back and stay with them. You know, and he insinuates that Yasmin doesn't want him there. So he's trying to get rid of Tim 
so that he can continue to torture Yasmin. But what, this what but, was his long drive though? Because he had because he's he drives a taxi. Oh, sorry. <laughs> That's his job. Yeah, I don't remember now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The thing that really annoyed me about that though is that you... they are they are also talking about Tim's problem with with Sally and the fact that Sally wouldn't even let him in, wouldn't even come to the door. And Tim's fucking dad calls Sally a silly mare and Tim does not defend his wife. Tim does not say, well, I was the one who was out of order. I'm the one who was stupid and got married in Las Vegas. Does not defend his wife. And for all of the other stuff this week that makes it seem like Tim loves Sally so much and just desperately wants her back, that just left me cold. Mm -hmm. That he would not defend his wife. Yeah, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree in that situation. Mm -hmm. I cannot imagine Tim ever torturing someone or calling someone a bitch and all this other stuff i can't imagine him ever doing that i can imagine calling somebody a bitch but i can't imagine them calling sally a bitch no that's what i mean or calling her thunder thighs right or you know trying to video all this cruel stuff it's not tim no tim's dad goes home and belches he's decided not to post the video but needs to know that yasmin knows why he's upset she apologizes for ruining the act he's had more offers and wants yasmin to redeem herself Yikes. So Tim's dad is making adjustments to his stupid magic props. Yasmin rather bravely tells him that she spoke with Emma last night and that she was under the impression that Tim's dad sacked her. No wonder you were gone so long, says Tim's dad, and tells her to get into the box. And here we go. Mm. Yasmin is in the box and is calling for Tim's dad to let her out. He ignores her and turns up the stereo so he doesn't have to listen to her. She begs to be let out. He locks her in. He deliberately locks her in. Yes. And then leaves. And he catches up with Brian outside and they head off to the pub. And he turns the radio, the music up a little bit louder as right, well. so nobody else can hear. No. So Yasmin is still trapped in the box and there's no one there to help. She screams to be let out. And meanwhile, Tim's dad is at the pub with Brian. Brian thinks it's great that Tim's dad is an internet sensation. Brian says the video would have been shite if it hadn't been for Yasmin being so funny. And Tim's dad finishes his pint and leaves. Well, he's going to leave. And then Brian says, just one more. And so he stays for just one more, even though he's locked Yasmin in a box. Right. Who is admitted to being claustrophobic. Yeah. And even if she wasn't, yeah, you still locked your wife in a box. Right. You utter reptile. <laughs> That's an offence to reptiles. Right. Later, Yasmin is still trapped in the box. She seems to have fallen asleep or passed out or something until the door slams and she cries for help. And it's Tim who lets her out. Yes. Tim takes care of her but doesn't know why this happened. Then Tim's dad comes home and claims that he didn't leave the box locked. This is a terrible accident. Tim's dad massages Yasmin's shoulders but Yasmin pulls away. And Tim Tim seems quite suspicious about this. Yes. Tim's dad sends Tim away so he can clear this up with Yasmin and Tim disappears upstairs to his room like a little boy. Mm. Later, Tim's dad tries to say sorry with Yasmin's favourite chocolate biscuits. But they're not uh, her favourite. No, she says they're, they're your favourite. Favorite. And plus, I thought you didn't want me getting fat. And he right. says, oh, well, I only said that once. Oh, and I, and I just, I said, I didn't want other people to call you that. I wasn't calling you that. Mm-hmm. I said, you didn't want other people to call you that. Ah, right. oh, so the gaslighting and the manipulation is just, it's, it's, it's textbook. Right. She confronts him about uh, getting locked in the box, saying that he lied to Tim earlier. How could he be so cruel? So this is remarkably brave of Yasmin to bring this up. Absolutely. Meanwhile, Tim is chatting to Eileen about the situation at his dad's. He thinks they'll, uh, 
that he's having a negative effect on their marriage and suspects that they'll be having a blazing route right now. Tim explains Yasmin being locked in the box as if it was something normal, but Eileen is shocked and says that if it was her, she'd leave him. Tim blames, blames it on the bevy, but Eileen isn't buying any of this. Yeah, she's like, well, you like the bevy too. We, we all, all like the bevy. Right? There's no way Yasmin's an alcoholic. Tim's dad has put on Brian Adams and says everything that he does, he does for Yasmin. That's grounds for divorce right there. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was awful. Ugh. He hates that she thinks that he could hurt her. This doesn't feel like love to her, she says. Her mother would be telling her to run to the hills right now. He insists she be wrong. that he didn't lock her up, that it was an accident. He says that he was playing a trick on her. He's a magician. That's what magicians do. And he turns on the waterworks and says that Tim's mum hated him too. Oh, Tim's dad's delicious tears. Yeah. He thought she was joking that she couldn't get out. He calls himself pathetic and begs for forgiveness. And and then he claims that his, his ex-wife used to beat him. Yeah, we'll get to that. Cathy hmm. and Brian run into Eileen and the Rovers. Eileen talks about Tim's dad being ticked off yesterday. Was he cross with Yasmin? Because it seemed that, that he was. Mm-hmm. Brian plays it down and Cathy brings up Yasmin's drinking problem. Eileen thinks it's weird that this has suddenly become a thing. And Cathy kind of shifts. a thoughtful tooth. And shifts uncomfortably yeah. as she stands there because she thinks the same thing. But she seems a little bit kowtowed by Brian at this. Yes, which is, um, which I'm, is un- I'm uncomfortable. Un-Cathy. I'm uncomfortable with that. Kathy would tell Brian to get to. Seriously. Hmm. But you know, Yasmin has also told Kathy that she's fine and no, this is a real thing and everything. But she recognizes that there's been a change in her friend. Yes. So she knows that something's yes. not right. So more people are becoming aware. That right. there's something wrong here. It's leaking out, definitely. Yeah. Later, Yasmin seems to have accepted his apology. She admits that she's scared of him from time to time. And he says that he was scared of Tim's mum. She used to beat him up and he starts hitting his head. He says that he won't let Tim's mum win. He demands to be held. Because Yasmin Ugh. looked like she was going to go, look, pal, I don't really feel Adios. right. But he demands that she holds him. And she does. Which was gross. And then he says... I've got you, which isn't creepy at all. Which is very creepy. So, that's as far as we get. Well, there's... There's stuff on Friday. On Friday, but we're but going we're to talk about separately. But we're just going to do all Friday all together. Right. Ugh. So, two two important things have happened this week. There's the video. Right. And there's Tim's dad, I presume, lying about Tim's mum. This is, this, is, this is something that upsets me, and it, it upsets me further on Friday, is that... Once again, we have a true villain mm-hmm. kind of getting a little sympathy because, oh, I'm not really like this way. I'm only this way because my ex-wife used to beat me. And well, oh, I'm so them sorry. Sympathy? You give them sympathy for that? I'm not giving them any sympathy I fe- for that. I feel like we're, especially with what happens on Friday, it, it kind of feels like there's, there's this, there's, there's this thin brush of of sympathy being painted over him this way that it was with Josh getting beat up and blinded. I and think that's, that's the same thing. I think the, the character certainly had some sympathy for him, but I don't think we as viewers are supposed to think that because we know that he's lying. But do we know that he's lying? Well, d- does it matter we if know, he's lying? We know nothing. We don't, It doesn't matter if he's it, lying it or shouldn't, not. No, it, you're right. It shouldn't matter. It should not matter, you know. Even if even if you've been 
abused by other people, you should not be abusing your wife. I don't think there's anybody sitting watching that this week thinking, ah, well, Tim's dad's not so bad after all. Nobody's thinking that. Well, maybe Yasmin's not that. perhaps, is thinking that. Maybe not that, but, oh, well, this explains why he's so bad. And isn't it sad that he's so bad because of his ex-wife? Well, the storyline has to go that way. He has to come up with an explanation as to why he's doing this. Because hmm. he can't just say he's doing it because he's a cunt. He can't just do that. <laughs> no. He, so he has to create a story of this other world that he's living in to justify what he's doing. And none of it justifies it, but no. for, for him it does. And that's why I think it's it's a little bit different from the Josh thing. Yeah, I'm just, I'm 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 hoping that nobody's taking it like, oh well, he's finally learned his lesson. He's not going to do this sort of thing anymore, because even in real life, this happens. That you know that somebody breaks down, you know, at some point, or insinuates that they may be sorry, and so people forgive them, and then awful things continue to happen. Yes, I am looking at you, Susan Collins. Who's Susan Collins? Senator from Maine, who 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 declared that she thought that Tim's she has an opinion on Tim's dad. <laughs> no, but she she insinuated that she thought somebody had learned his lesson, and then later on in the week said, "Well, maybe he hasn't learned his lesson after all." But at that point, she'd already exonerated that person. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think I know what you're talking about now. Yes. Shall we move on? Please. Our next storyline is Maria's miscarriage. On Monday, Maria is in a fluffy house. Oh, what a fluffy house coat that looked like. Yeah. Very cosy. Their 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 apartment is very rose gold. Oh, everything's rose gold. Everything's rose gold. If you had a rose gold iPhone in that flat, you'd never find it. Right? Got I, it. I, I guess I should I should criticize too much because your your phone seems to have. I've got ears. Yes, I have a new kitty cat phone case oh good god because the um because the other one the shake it up one the the liquid like evaporated out so you couldn't shake it up anymore yes i could see that happen so i got a i got this kitty cat one it's all glittery so i've got this gold glitter over my rose gold phone it's very pretty meow so anyway <laughs> Gary hasn't told Liam about the miscarriage and Maria says that she will do it later. <clears throat> Gary, meanwhile, is going to be busy at the shop today, so you won't be seeing very much of me, he says. Daniel runs into Maria outside and apologizes for his part and what happened. She doesn't want she doesn't know what to say to him and he doesn't really know what to say to her, but she knows that he's sorry. Get Bertie immunized. Bit late. She says that he didn't deserve what Gary did, and he says that he did and kinda of just wanders off. Back inside, Maria says Daniel wasn't looking great earlier and had apologised. And Gary thinks the miscarriage is the same as losing Sinead. I have not had a miscarriage and I have not had a spouse die, so I don't know. I I would imagine not because you know your spouse. You've, You've been with your spouse a very long time. But in, in my experience, it's the, the death of a promise, of, of, of a future thing. Right. And a dream. Right. That just evaporates. Whereas, but it's not the same as Whereas the death of a person is the death of a person. And it's tangible and is, you know, you, you'd notice that somebody that was there isn't there anymore. Right. As opposed to a, a future event isn't going to happen. Right. That you're kind of looking forward to. Right. Kind of looking forward to. 
absolutely. I'm, I'm deliberately downplaying that. Right. Anyway, anyway. so Liam is uh, hanging around and is curious to know what a miscarriage is. What So <laughs> some time has passed and Maria has explained the situation and Liam is a little bummed that he won't have a little brother or sister. Poor Maria. And Gary blurts out that this might happen someday. And then he clocks Maria's glare and backtracks. Maria looks like she might not be, be too happy with the way things are going here. Yeah. So, I remember I remember once. I can't remember where we were where we were coming from. But when when Stella was like six maybe. We were she it was just she and I in the car and we were coming home from something from like her swim lesson or something and we were chatting away, chatting away and then there was a lull in the conversation. And then all of a sudden she says, "Mama, what's an abortion?" <laughs> So I sympathize with Maria in this situation. Yikes. Yeah. It's it's like when she was when she was four and we were walking to swim lessons up the street and, and she asked she asked me how babies were made. My favourite memory of young Stelly happened before we moved out and Wait. she was three and it was in the November and you'd gone to the dentist and it was just me and Stella <laughs> that were left in the house and she came up to me and she tugged my t-shirt and she said, Mr Gav, I have pooped my pants <laughs> and I have no experience at all of dealing with uh, beshitted pants <laughs> but quickly had to learn. It was the nonchalant way she just did She was quite proud of the fact. Yes. Mr. Gav? I have pooped. I have pooped my, my pants. <laughs> she's going to love listening back to these when she's 16. Why do you think we're doing the SpongeBob? <laughs> 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 I've got like 15 hours of content to play at our 21st. <laughs> oh, yeah. The, Gary, her wedding reception's going to be hilarious. <laughs> Gary, I'm not paying for that. Gary and Liam are back. <laughs> Liam was quickly dispatched to the shower. Oh, because they were out playing soccer. Gary needs to pop out again. Of course you have, says uh, Maria. She's barely seen him. And after everything that's happened, it's quite strange that he's kind of put up a little bit of a barrier here. Yes. Uh, she's barely seen him, and he's already been promising Liam siblings. She sends him off, and off he fucks. So he's in his furniture thing, and one of his ex-clients comes in looking for a loan to pay off another loan shark. Yeah. Gary calls him a Muppet. This guy clearly because is a Muppet. Because he is a Muppet. The bloke begs him, saying that his arms are going to get broken. He's losing his house, and the, the councillor, he's in arrears for his rent. And he says that Gary's the only decent loan shark out there. <laughs> Gary doesn't listen to him and just throws him out. And and, he, and before this, he had been trying to sell some giraffes to a lady. Oh, was that what in, it was? In a non-speaking role. Yes, it's the uh, giraffes that she, he later tries to fob off on. Is that what he was trying to fob off on at Daniel? <laughs> yeah. Because... <coughs> you'll understand my confusion in a moment Gary has a word with Daniel Daniel says that he'll never forgive himself and Gary tries to give him something but Daniel declines that's, yes, that's they all were the giraffes okay. he's like here take these or they're going to haunt me and Daniel declines saying I have a feeling they would haunt me too <laughs> they seem to make peace so maybe Daniel isn't going to kill no Gary isn't going to kill Daniel after all damn yeah force him to shave or something, I don't know. <laughs> Gary meets Faye in the street and they dodge around how he feels about the miscarriage. He insists that he's fine and she's not buying it. Then Gary gets home and asks Maria if she's calmed down yet. Yeah, go fuck yourself, Gary. <laughs> she does. Never, ever ask a woman. Never, 
Never ask a woman to calm down or ask if she has calmed down. Never. It's never, 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 never. Never, never. Never. Calm down yet is so loaded. More than Stelly's nappy was that day. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't know what he's talking about. He doesn't want to finish it with her, but if she does, or if she fancies Ali, or believes everything that everyone says about him, then maybe. She insists that she still wants to be with him, but she doesn't look like it, and she just wanders away, mm. and it's kind of left unresolved. Mm. The future's not looking too bright for this pair now. Yeah. I kind of wondered if it would have this effect. Yeah. That once the baby was gone, and she's kind of come to her senses a little bit. Because let's face it, she's been... Uh, pretty dumb for right a couple of months now he's a businessman he's a businessman he's a businessman he's in the business he's of being a businessman a businessman right he seems to be making an awful lot of money selling shite though maria don't you think he's a businessman he's a businessman we're in this fancy rose gold apartment from selling what second-hand furniture he's Is a businessman okay okay, okay. next is degothing nina on, oh, on Monday. Oh, only temporarily. Yeah. Nina is looking a bit less goth as she turns up at Roy's Rolls, and I think I've figured out why. Because she doesn't have a shower or a mirror or anything to put <laughs> no her makeup, makeup on. Right. She tells Roy that she's doing fine. I'm doing fine. And when Nina looks a bit sketchy, if she has enough to pay for it, Roy says that her role is on the house and he's going to deluxe it up. Belter, she says. He asks Nina to come back role. later to sample some veggie so- uh, vegan sausages. Yes. We'll see, she says. And she leaves, and Carla worries that she's doing some transformation, and Roy says that he didn't notice. Because, of course, he didn't, because he's Roy. Because, <laughs> of course not. <laughs> later, Roy doesn't notice things. Sometimes a character will say something that just makes you go, mm-hmm. Yep. Spot on. Mm-hmm. And that was one of those moments. Yes. Nina comes in to sample the vegan sausages, but she hasn't got any money to pay for it. Roy once again says it's on the house, so she orders some soup and then a veggie lasagna. Not lasagna for a while. On Wednesday, at Roy's Rolls, Roy... Where's Johnny? Where's Johnny? We haven't seen Johnny in a while, have we? No. Okay. On Wednesday, Roy's rolls. Roy is looking at the door, waiting for Nina to walk through it. He has a feeling that she's about to come through, so uh, he could know that she's okay. Carla advises patience, but he thinks it's easier said than done. Correct. Then Nina has indeed arrived at Roy's rolls and has disappeared into the box to brush her teeth. Carla notices, but Roy obviously doesn't. No. Roy talks to Nina, who has a backpack with her. She takes a call that she has to take privately. Mm-hmm. Then Beth catches Nina stealing cast-offs from the factory bins. Nina claims the biggest crime... And Beth crime is horrible. ...has thrown all this shit out. It's <laughs> bad for the environment, and she's not wrong. At Roy's Rolls, Beth announces that Nina was going through the bins. Roy is confused. She had food here. This feels quite desperate. Then we see her in the homeless village talking to Carol. No. <laughs> no, not talking to Carol, Talk sorry. to some dude. She has her spot, but then she's scared off by another homeless person. Well, he says that, you know, you need to be careful here and she takes that to mean that she can't stay right nina's looking like she's getting ready to sleep in a doorway then she gets some bad part from some horrid boys they were horrid they call her like a vampire and a zombie and stuff like that and she tells them to grow up carla and roy turn up at nina's uh, but it's occupied by a new tenant who thinks that they're jehovah's witnesses this was hilarious because when she opened the door it looked like she was tits out She's got a towel on. But you couldn't see the towel from the initial shot. She just no. looks like 
Yeah. She was obviously either going into the bath or coming out of the bath. Yeah, she was running a bath. And it looks like... All of, all of uh, Richard's stuff is gone. Everything's gone. Roy where, says, have you just moved of, in? And she all, says, yep. Where's all of Richard's stuff? Where are all those books and stuff? Thrown out, I would imagine. Oh, that's so sad. That's sad. But yeah, Nina's been chucked out and the landlord hasn't wasted any time in finding a new... Yeah, tenant. this has happened rather quickly. Right. And, and she's unpacked rather quickly. That's why she's having a bath. Yeah. She's, she's in that bath, I think. Because hmm. there's like a, a picture of poppies over the uh, fireplace. Mm-hmm. Looks like Roy and Carl have been looking for Nina. He doesn't think she's staying with her mate. He should have been forthright with her to demand to know what was going on. He says he's been a dismal uncle. And Carl's a bit sick of him blaming, blaming himself about all this. Then Roy and Carla get back to Roy's roles. They have a visitor. Guess who? Nina. It's, it's Nina. Nina reveals that she's been evicted. She's gotten into a mess with debt collectors and has been sofa surfing and sleeping rough. He demands that she stay on the couch for the first night at least and then we'll take it from there. And she agrees. And the camera pans back to uh, reveal a very homely scene of Roy and Carla and Nina around the kitchen table. Homely. Very homey. Yeah, homey. Because homely makes it seem like it's ugly. No, no, I don't think so. I don't think it means kind of cosy and nice. Homey does. Why do you keep on calling me homey? <laughs> no, I'm saying it's a homey scene. I'm your homey, that's fine. You're not my homey. <laughs> In America, homely means ugly or plain. I don't know if it means the same thing in the UK. I always imagine it to mean kind of cosy and nice. Yeah. I don't think we have homey. We say homey. I don't think, I don't think we say that. And this is H-O-M-E-Y as opposed to H-O-M-I-E, which would be my friend. <laughs> okay. We have two different kinds of homies here in America. So this is nice that this has finally happened then. Yes. Yes. It's it's, it's nice that they that they that they formed this three person family. Mm-hmm. Where where there's no Peter. <laughs> You're the hell's Peter. I'm very happy about that. <laughs> I just where's Peter disappeared. I, I I like I like Carla with with Roy, you know, the whole father daughter sort of thing. Right. And Carla kind of being uh uh, a big sister or you know the fun aunt to Nina sort of thing I I much prefer Carla with Roy mm-hmm. than I do Carla with Peter right I just that's not a coupling that I'm happy with and I know that there's lots of people well, who lots are. of people are very happy with yes, this but I'm not <laughs> Okay, okay, then we'll move on to Stephen Tracy are actually married. Unlike Sally and Tim. <gasps> oh, on Monday, Tracy and Steve are at Roy's Rolls pretending to enjoy sharing breakfast together and reading that book. They seem to be making a bit of an effort, though. And along comes Tim. My marriage is over, he says. Which one? Asks Steve. Wah, wah. <laughs> Lots of people keep making this joke. Same joke. It's still funny, though. The book club is meeting in the Rovers. It's Brian and Kathy, Imran and Toya. Yay! Yay! Tracy and Steve, Claudia and Ken, Carl and Johnny. There's Johnny. There's Johnny. Maria, Liz and Mary. Seems it was Brian's choice that they read this one. They complain about the male writing pers- female What's perspective. What's up with Brian's stool? This was so funny. <laughs> I took a little snapshot of it. It's like all the way down here and Kathy's all the way up here. Everyone else <laughs> seems to be standing around the bar apart from Brian who seems to have parked his arse on a tiny little stool. Everybody's on a stool. 
like a, a normal size stool, and then there's Brian who's like in a chair, <laughs> like a regular chair at right. the bar. It was on so his like, knees or something. So like his head's right with Kathy's boobs. It was so funny because when it happened, I took the snapshot immediately <laughs> and posted it and said, <coughs> "I hope no one explains this," and nobody did. And nobody did. That was great. So yeah, it was Brian's choice. They complain about the male right and female perspective, but Steve says that he well, liked like, it. Well, of course he did. Even thought it was fucking awful. Yes. The discussion continues about the romantic outcomes. Steve forms a decent opinion that seems to put a fire under Tracy. He's booked him a hotel in town so the two of them can get ready to... Which they do before Ken announces what next month's book's going to be. Which is Tristram Shandy. Was that what it was? I'm pretty sure it was Tristram Shandy. <laughs> The sexy room away isn't all that sexy after all, but it'll do, says Tracy. They sit in the bed and chat about faulty towers and discuss what they want to do. They settle on getting their hole, but Tracy <laughs> wants the full production and has brought some massage oil. Steve is massaging Tracy. Oh, God, see when it cut to the scene. Of, a bare-chested Steve. Of a bare-chested Steve. Steve kind of <laughs> predatorily kind of leaning over Tracy and trying to do A bare-chested it. Tracy. Uh-huh. I didn't mean to be a Tracy, Jesse Tracy, but be a trusted Steve is. Oof. You don't, you don't. That took a few I years mean, of my life. Tracy's lying on her stomach, so. Yeah, you, but, don't, you don't see her. Yeah, you just yeah. see her back. You see his tits, though. <laughs> They're listening to Barry White. Tracy insists on giving him instructions, which he doesn't appreciate. Which he doesn't appreciate. And he's complaining that his arms are sore. How much longer do I have to do this? It reminds me of somebody else. This is supposed to be a treat. <gasps> This is supposed to be a treat, she says. Oh, it's not a treat for me. But Steve wants to take a tea break and he goes off to wash his hands and there's a clunk. And I had to watch this a couple of times, but then the the handle from the inside of the bathroom door just falls off. So Steve somehow is just trapped in the bathroom. Timbot4000 says this does not compute. Yeah, because then... Put put the, the handle back on. But he can't because it's fallen off. So, and it's... He doesn't have a screwdriver, so he can't screw it back in. He could hold it, I'm sure. No, you can't do that. He's Tracy trapped. offers to let him out, but suspects that he'd prefer to be alone in the bathroom. Steve's bored. Doing a little, <laughs> doing a little one-off. <laughs> I don't think he's even doing that. No, but I'm, she's suspecting little, that he would prefer to do a little one-off a little as discussion opposed to uh, Pam and her five sisters. Mas- massaging her back. Steve's bored and he wants to come out now. Tracy calls him miserable and he reckons that maybe he's still depressed. But he insists that he loves her as much as she loves him, but Tracy thinks that he's scared of her. He says, everyone's yeah, scared of her. You, you killed, killed somebody. <laughs> just that was when, so funny. When are people just going to let that go? <laughs> Nobody. She lets them out and they smooch. So they've got their hole and then Tracy announces that she's allergic to the cats. Here we go, says Steve. And that's as far as we And yet he, she's always like loving on that cat and petting the cat and stuff. Do you think Tracy loves Steve more than Steve loves Tracy? Do you think that's true? I think it's equal. I think it's the opposite. I think Steve loves Tracy more than Tracy loves Steve. I think Tracy wants to love Steve as much as Steve loves Tracy. I think she wants it to be something more. But I think genuinely... I mean, she's the one who, on their honeymoon, let's not forget, left him to die in the desert. Tried to kill him, yes. And she's the one who has cheated on him. Most recently. Yes. He hasn't... Yeah, but he didn't cheat on her while they were married this time. 
Right. <laughs> I know I have to qualify and say this time. <laughs> I don't know. I think when the the question kind of came up, I always oh, I think there's probably equal. I, I'm I'm not sure that they're right. entirely so- in love with each other, but. Enough to get by. <laughs> I think is probably how I would describe it. But yeah, maybe, maybe he does love her a little bit more than than she loves him because he hasn't tried to kill her. No, and he genuinely seems to care about about her. He's just a goofball, and he's been the one that's been trying to he keeps make making... amends for her dalliance with right. Paula. Right. She's not been trying to make it up to him. No, because she thinks that this is a symptom of the. The kind of rut that they've got in there or whatever. Right. He gets this hotel room. He bought a cat. What more does, what more does she want? She, he joined a book club. He read the notebook. He may read Tristan Shandy. Unlikely. Probably not. Hmm. <laughs> I don't know. At least, at, least, at least that was explained. At least I was like, oh, okay. Brian picked the book. Although... I can't imagine the notebook being a Brian kind of book either because it's Brian totally Brian. Because Brian fancies himself as being, you know, a semi intellectual oh, no, professorial sort of flowery. sort of guy. I loved that all of the women hated it. Yeah. That was my favorite part. I was like, That's right, girls. Rock on sisters. And when we're talking about uh Matt Hilton's direction, there was a scene where like I guess it was a little uh, on the nose and obviously going to happen when there's a locked door you're going to have mm-hmm. somebody sitting on one side and somebody sitting on the other side right but yeah we have the the, the colours of it were gorgeous it was we have the lovely... Tristan and his old mm-hmm. thing again but yeah where the, um, the colours on Steve's side are cooler mm-hmm. and the colours on Tracy's side are warmer which makes yep. sense because the yep. colours in a bathroom would be cooler right. than in a bedroom that just makes sense looked great though yes it did it looked very great our penultimate storyline tonight is two time Tim on Wednesday, Tim and Kev are lounging about. Abby arrives and is pissed that she thinks that they're talking about her, but they're not. Kev tells Tim to get a move on with his divorce. Tim is outside his house playing Stone Roses to Sally from his phone. This doesn't defrost Sally any... He's trying to do the whole John uh-huh. Cusack say anything <laughs> right. thing, only with a phone instead of a boombox. Mm-hmm. With Stone Roses. <laughs> and she calls a pair of them a pair of idiots. Tim thinks that he's making a grand gesture, but Sally slams the door on him. Tim posts some papers through the letterbox. So Sally gets home. She hasn't looked at the papers and she finds them <laughs> on the coffee table. The first has Tim's divorce papers and has my divorce papers written on the back. The second has an invitation <laughs> to the wedding. Sally puts the papers down and looks pissed off. And there's some, some confetti. Lots of confetti. And glitter and So stuff Sally in storms into the rovers and demands to know what Tim's playing at. Tim says it's a gorgeous venue and, she hopes, and he hopes that she'll say yes. She, she says... Once more that she's been humiliated and she stomps out, leaving Tim to think what the actual... And we don't have money for this and blah, 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 blah. Which is probably true. Yeah. Because he still has to pay off the divorce, which means repaying Steve and Kev. What was it? Five grand? Something like that. Tim. Fucking Tim. And he's dad. Well... That's uncharitable. Shall we just skip on to the final one then? Or unless you have something to say about that. No. There wasn't I, very much. There wasn't on very much. On except, Wednesday. Yeah. And I mean, this is one of the things that kind of ties into Friday. But I... I don't know. I feel like at 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 this point, Sally... 
Sally either needs to say, I don't ever want to see you again and, and stop yep. or take him back. Yeah, something to do with peeing in the pot or something. Right, yeah. Either get off the pot or... Piss or get off the pot. Right. Our final storyline tonight is... The 10,000th episode. 10,000th episode. 10,000 episodes. Right. That's insane. I remember watching the 1,000th episode of Neighbours. And then the next day, the announcer said, and now on BBC One Scotland, the 1,001th episode of Neighbours. <laughs> <laughs> well, something doesn't sound right about that. Once? Hmm. hmm. Mary complains to Eileen that Tracy is assuming that she can look after the shop because it's Amy's birthday. This is exactly how she missed Glastonbury, thanks to her mother. That was a little bit of a mother story there. Yes. We didn't get an awful lot of detail, but still, it was a no. mother story. Gail and Sally are power walking. God, they're good Again. at some rate as well. Yeah. Jeez. I like it when they do their, their power walking together. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's an interesting friendship between the two of them. Yep. And Gail always has that black vest on. The black she? puffy vest. Gail thinks it's awful that Sean has lost her memories, and Sally thinks it doesn't sound that bad, thank you very much. Yeah, she'd like to lose her memories. Rita is cleaning the rovers, and Jenny comes in with a package for her. It's her ex-husband, Dennis's ashes. Well, that's difficult to say. He's wanting scattered in Blackpool, according to the letter. The cheek of it, says Rita. Jenny offers to flush him down the loo, but Rita wants to do the right thing, and then that's that. He, she can move on. It was pretty funny, you know, because she's like, well, what if he clogs in there? Yep. And then the plumber comes and, and notices that Finds you've got human, human remains. remains in the, They're not human remains. In the toilet. They're ashes. Right, but there's little bits of bone and stuff in there, and those are human remains. I don't know if it could be identified as such, but anyway. Yeah. Rita's lost friends recently, and now her third husband has died. She feels very old and alone again. But not really. Yasmin is up to see Tim's dad working hard in the kitchen. Down comes Ugh. Tim and Yasmin invites Tim to join them. Tim is worried that he's getting in the way and Yasmin insists that they're not. That is not true. Yep. And Tim's dad is, is making Yasmin a fry up as, as as a, I'm sorry for locking you in a box. <laughs> right. Gesture? Those sausages did look quite good though. Claudia is talking to Ken about something that apparently everyone is doing these days. Oh, I wonder what that could be. She's looking mm. at retirement homes on a website. Then Rita appears with some bad news. Ken looks over the paperwork. Seems that Linda is still alive, but in Canada. Rita says that Ken is the last one left who knew Dennis before her, and he offers to come with her to help scatter the ashes. Am I that obvious? She asks. Yes. Yes, you are. Then Roy rolls Emma, it's Amy. Because like, they're like, well, why didn't he have the ashes Linda to, to, to Linda? Well, he couldn't be bothered. He was too cheap for the Pay postage. the postage. In Roy rolls Emma, Amy, Liz and Tracy are celebrating Amy's sweet 16. She wants to head into town, but Tracy's against it. Even if, at Amy's age, Tracy was already shacked up. Roy comes nice. out with a card and a present. That was lovely. As godparents, it seems that Haley has done a Sinead and planned ahead. There's a card from Roy and Haley, and it's got Haley's handwriting on it. Oh, God. That was lovely. And a present, and I wasn't crying, you were. It, Amy it's says, a charm bracelet. Amy says it means the world to her, and she looks like she means it. Then Carla gets a call from Jenny. Later. Carla announces a Blackpool girls bus trip and Carla press gangs Nina into joining them. Yes. Then in the Rovers, Jenny has organised a crowd to, to jump on a bus to... A party <laughs> to jump bus. On the, on the fun bus to Blackpool. Party bus. We have Ken, Rita, Jenny, Sally, Gail, Sean, Audrey. Let's get the show on the fucking road, says Jenny. And outside there's a luxury coach waiting. It's a party bus with glitter balls and all that shite. 
and a disco ball and a driver that desperately needs to pee. Yes. So Eileen's about to jump on the fun bus when she sees Yasmin with Tim's dad. Tim's dad slips Yasmin a fiver and lets her jump on too, because Eileen says, "You don't have to ask him. Come on, Yasmin, let's all go to Blackpool." And he's trying to get back in her good graces. So then Tracy, Emma, and Amy join in. The more the merrier, says Jenny. Then there's a double entendre about Liz. Then there's a double entendre about Liz riding the big one. Then Mary and Evelyn jump on the fun bus too. Claudia is invited, but she thinks that Blackpool is Vegas for the poor. Claudia's just awful. <laughs> she's, she's, I wouldn't say she's entirely wrong. Right, but still, it's kind of... Because the last time I was there, it smelled sick. Well... It was just stag do's and hen do's, that's all of, it was. Lots of places smell sick. Hmm. We'll go to Blackpool <laughs> one day. The Venga bus plays as the coach pulls away. And Sean thinks it looks like the inside of Liberace's... Dishwasher. Let me try that again because I fucked up. Sean thinks it looks like the inside of Liberace's dishwasher as the laser lights fly about the place and blind people. Amy is pissed at being dragged along for this shite and Emma seems to be having an absolute ball. Yes, she is. Mary somehow has got her mitts on the microphone and she passes it to Rita who thanks everyone for joining her and she hopes that they all enjoy themselves. Nina is looking particularly white under the laser lights. She really does. <laughs> she looks like death itself. She 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 looks like... um. Uh, Neil Gaiman's, uh, you know, ass cheeks. Di- <laughs> she looks like Neil Gaiman's uh, representation of death, which was, you know, a goth girl with an onk oh, right, yep. necklace and stuff. That's it's exactly what she looks like. Gail points out that she and Nina are the only ones dressed in black. Nina says, "I'm always dressed in black." Yes. Jenny cracks out the vino. Emma assures everyone that although Nina is a goth, she's perfectly harmless. <laughs> that was funny. Later, they're all getting pissed and telling filthy limericks. Then they all join in with I'm Every Woman, except Rita, who seems sad about Dennis. She's still wearing his rings. Audrey's still wearing Alfie's. And seems that Audrey's promised the rings to Gail and Sarah. What the fuck does she care, she says. I'll be, I'll be dead. dead. What has she done with Lewis's rings? Wouldn't Lewis's, wouldn't she still be, wouldn't she wear the engagement ring that Lewis had gotten her? Wouldn't she have taken Alfie's rings off? To put Lewis's ring on when Lewis proposed. Remember that? Did he propose? He did. Oh, no, no, no. She found the ring in his pocket. That's right. That's right. He didn't actually propose. He didn't actually propose. But still, she has that ring somewhere. Then we see the Doesn't bus that seems to be going on a very scenic route to Blackpool. Yes, it seems to be Mary's, going over the Yorkshire Moors. And Mary is criticizing heavily. And she's got a paper map out for like, like every time you see the bus from the outside you see mary in the window with a map and yet every time you see inside mary's dancing and singing this should be motorway all the way it really should Mm. eileen talks to yasmin about catching a magic show when they're in blackpool yasmin insists that she was just a sidekick to tim's dad and eileen brings up the box from yesterday and yasmin insists it was just an accident Mary imagines what it would be like to be trapped in there, watching the air slowly disappear as the walls come in, and Yasmin is forced to tell her to shut up. Mary doubts that Debbie McGee would have got very far with that attitude. Debbie McGee was Paul Daniels' assistant, who was a famous small uh, magician from the 80s. Sure. The driver pulls over for another waz. Folks stretch their legs and grab a sandwich, and Sean mentions that he has a click in Blackpool waiting for him. Yeah, he's... he's 
is 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 it uh is it grinder over there too that he'd be on must it be on grinder believe so yes or maybe it'd be the coronation street version of that what would be the coronation street version of grinder Uh, (laughs) gaydar Evelyn and Sally and Nina and some others are chatting about the differences in the generations. Evelyn isn't sympathetic about any of it, accusing younger generations of faking food intolerances. Folk were harder in her day, she says. This whole conversation annoyed me because it just seemed really out of character for all of those characters to just be sitting around and talking about differences in the, you know, especially Emma and Nina and Amy being like, Oh well, you don't understand what it's like for for kids these days, right. and all of the all of those older women saying, "Oh well, you know, we didn't, you know, have all of this stuff." But all of those women have self have smartphones. All of those women do. Yeah. Rita talks about how she knew Dennis, uh, who she called the Weatherfield Jeffrey Epstein. Oh, Brian, she does not Brian Epstein. I beg your pardon. Rita was working the club circuit at the time. She had an exotic dance with Sissy, the trombone player. You mean Dennis didn't kill himself either? (laughs) Clearly not. Well done. Is that why she married Dennis? They were stunning back then, as was Ken. And Audrey decides that this is a great time to get stuck into Rita about her relationship with Alfie. Rita thinks this is out of order. He was always a a giddy kipper for Rita, says Audrey. Rita doesn't want to fall out. Audrey says that, well, Alfie wasn't her type. He was the love of her life. Ken says that the love of his life was Deirdre. And Rita says that she's still waiting for hers. I thought that that, that whole thing was, again, I mean, I could understand it. But it was also kind of ridiculous that they're fighting over whether or not Audrey's dead husband uh-huh. kind of had a thing for Rita. It totally did. At once, at once upon a time. So what? Why are we fighting over whether or not he did? He's dead now. Oh, he did, yeah. He did. He did. It's not a big deal. <laughs> Nina gets into an argument with Evelyn. Nina says the older generation are the first to be competitive with their offspring. Evelyn says that Nina's generation have a lower life expectancy, so suck that up. Which is true. Nina stands up, but Evelyn's foot is on her dress and it rips, and Nina thinks it was deliberate and doesn't appreciate Carla standing up for Evelyn. So she It was an off. accident, It was an accident, yeah. Rita's looking over Claudia's documentation. She and Evelyn don't think this is Ken's thing, or Claudia's for that matter. Ken says that at least Dennis saw the world. Ken had such dreams as a young man a young man who is harbouring some regrets now. All he ever wanted to do was travel. He started at number three Coronation Street. He got as far as number one. <laughs> what a fuck you from the universe, says Ken. And I'm thinking, how long does it take the driver to take a piss here? <laughs> then Carla rushes after Nina. She shouts after Nina who thinks all the folk on the bus are narrow-minded. Carla says, stick up for yourself then rather than run away. If you run away from Evelyn, then you have no chance. Nina asks why she cares, and Carla says it's because she loves Roy. Even if Nina is a pain in the arse, then she has to take care of Nina because she loves Roy. Carla tried to do Which something nice. I like that. She's getting back on the bus. Please yourself, she says. So everyone's back on the fun bus, apart from Carla and Nina. And then Carla jumps on, and Nina sneaks on through the back door. I'm a single lady, like I'm a single lady, I'm a single lady. Seriously though, where the fuck is this bus? <laughs> Evelyn offers to fix Nina's dress, which Nina kind of appreciates. Sally says Rosie used to be a goth, so she'll team up with Nina in Blackpool. Fun, says Nina. <laughs> and then the driver needs another fucking piss. Yes, he does. And then Sean goes off with the driver to the bathrooms. And I was like, <laughs> wait a minute. Yasmin has Tim on loudspeaker on her phone wanting to speak with Sally. 
Tim proclaims his love. He calls her. The reason he gets up in the morning, she says everything. He messed up, but he didn't know he was messing up. He insists that he will mess up again. It's part of him, like his bald head. He doesn't want to spoil her day. He loves her, and he hangs up. Wasn't that weird? Wasn't that weird? It was totally like a recording, Mm -hmm. because she does not respond to him. It's like he can't see her. Right. Yeah, he's not looking at her in the in the on the screen like it's it was so weird and fucking tim's dad keeps calling yasmin over and over again <laughs> on, to make sure that she's not drinking on the bus i'm telling people stories and things i think Ugh. sean rushes back to the bus the driver has a heart attack he's dead well he says no. he's dead gail, sean thinks he's dead gail volunteers to check on him she's seen er she she has she's watched the box set of er twice right <laughs> So Rita says, fuck this for a game of soldiers, and she jumps in the driver's seat. I'll drive this bus, she says. And she does And she tries to drive off without Shauna or Sally, but the door seems to hamper them. You mean Gail. Was it Gail? Yeah. Yeah. It's Gail who watched ER twice. Outside, as the ambulance arrives, Rita tells Sally that she should appreciate what she's got. Oh. Oh. So Rita gets off the bus, and then Jenny and Sally chase after her, and Jenny has Dennis's ashes in her hands and she sets it down in the parking lot and I say why is she setting it down there why isn't she bringing it with her and setting it down on the bench or just leaving it on the bus why why is this happening so the ambulance can run over it <laughs> yes but we haven't gotten to that yet shatters it into no, well, that's the bit that we were at shatters it into I'm going to say some pieces it wasn't a thousand pieces but it was some pieces there was pieces. a lot of pieces well the ash just the goes ash everywhere and it's hilarious so it's dark now, and Yasmin has tons of missed calls from Tim's dad. And Ma- Rita makes a joke about how Dennis always wanted to be king of the road, and Mary's- now he's scattered uh-huh. all over the road. Mary thinks at least Yasmin has someone to go home to, and it's Mary that's driving the coach home. Yes. Be- because of course it is. Because of course it is. Meanwhile, Eileen's apologising again to Sean over the Yan thing. Sean reminds her of some of the nasty things that she said, calling him interfering. And well, Eileen- he was. Eileen would invite Sean back to stay with him, but she has a full house. And Emma says, well, actually, you don't, because Seb's moved in with me. Okay. That's out of the blue. Yeah, and, and Eileen's like, why didn't he tell me? She's like, well, because you're kind of scary. She says, I'm not scary! <laughs> Eileen I smash! smash. <laughs> Rita tells Jenny she was feeling down in the dumps oh. earlier, but she's realised that she's surrounded by friends again, because she forgot since Christmas. <laughs> back in the street, Amy announces it was the worst birthday ever. Ken invites the family back to the house where there's cake. Rita points out the markings on the windowsill. I don't know, must be something with Dennis's signature or something. I can't yeah, really make he it out. carved his name in the... Was it? Yeah. Rita gives Amy her rings for some reason. Best birthday ever, says Amy, and she seems to mean it. Yeah. Sally goes back home to see Tim waiting for her outside Tim's that dad's place. That wasn't weird at all, was it? Like a creep. Rita she... giving Amy, of all people... Old woman jewellery. Her, her rings, mm. as opposed to, oh, I don't know, her adopted daughters, like, Jenny or Gemma. Uh, so oh. Sally forgives them in the hug and then they go back to their place. Yasmin then sees Tim's dad standing outside like a creep and she also seems to forgive and they hug. The, the non-Barlows are in the rovers toasting Boo. neighbours and friends. The driver is going to be okay Boo. but probably needs a toilet. Boo. Sean moves back in with Eileen and they hug along with Mary. That was, that was lovely. That was funny. Then in the Rovers, we enjoy some soundtrack from uh, characters of the past. We have Alec and Bet and Elsie and Rita and Betty and Mavis and Hilda and Annie Walker and Canopies, while Rita walks around the closed bar and soaks up the memories. 
She sits and blows her nose as Jenny comes down. Rita couldn't have wished for a better daughter, she says. Rita reminisces about the gone friends who exist in the walls of the rovers, the fabric of the place. How much vodka have you had, asks Jenny. Rita says she has plenty of life and plenty of friends and she's off home tomorrow. Then Ken is walking Eccles outside the rovers. 80 years too late, he says, but finally time to go. Goodbye, old friend. And he goes into number one, and that's how we end this week's episodes, except <gasps> we get a gorgeous montage of previous credits shots and screens yeah. as a credits roll. And that's how we end this week's episodes. And the beginning episode, the beginning of the episode, the shots of like uh, Ruby and Hope outside with, was it Asha? Yeah. That's, that's, that mimics some of the opening scenes from the original episode. Oh, did it? Nice. Yeah. What did you think of the 10,000th episode as a spectacle? Uh, well, it wasn't meant to be a spectacle. It was supposed to be like a call to to old times and stuff. I think it was well done in how they did it without making it just people sitting around in the rovers talking about old times. And Rita singing. I thought it was... I I thought, I thought that there were some very hubris bits like Dennis's ashes getting run over by the ambulance was funny even though you saw it coming a mile away and it was the ambulance driver didn't really dumb that Jenny put it there and right. that they I'll just put this thing in the middle of the road right yeah instead of leaving it on the bus sorry so not as a spectacle then but as a kind of nod to classic Coronation Street in yeah. the past there was lots of including those voices at the end I teared up during those voices and I have no association right. well I could recognise Rita mm-hmm. amongst them so yeah, and then, and then there was lots of opportunities for characters to talk about old characters and old mm-hmm. loves and old husbands and right. wives and stuff. And how how shocking is it that Ken might be moving off the street? Yeah, he's not leaving the show though. He's just moving off so. the street. Right. But yeah, I think <laughs> I think we did get an awful lot of singing on the bus. I think we got too much singing on the bus. I don't think that... And I think this, the song choices were kind of weird. And we didn't get to Blackpool. Well, no, and that's kind of the whole point, that they never get to Blackpool. Because, you know, Dennis doesn't get what he wants, but it's still a uh, lovely day out for Rita and everything. And, you know, they, nobody's they really saw happy. Some lovely yeah, nobody's really happy with Dennis. Dennis is not somebody to be cherished and, and scattered lovingly, you know. So, for his ashes to end up in the parking lot, I yeah, think cause, was fitting. Because you can't do anything after that. There's, and it was, and it was good because Rita was a bit maudlin and stuff. And, you know, whereas she was really angry at the beginning, she was starting to get a little weepy. So, that, so we really needed something like that to kind of break the mood and for her to laugh and right. stuff. It was nice. I liked it. Yeah, and it it wasn't supposed to be. I mean, the the sixtieth anniversary one is going to be explosive. I don't think it was a, shocking. I don't think it was a bad episode. I just I would have preferred to see something other than singing on the bus. And like I said, we got an awful lot of singing on the bus, which kind of suggests absence of story. But the no, bits no, that I, I loved about it, I, I, like Mary, was fantastic. I liked having I liked having an episode where where we really just got to breathe. Because yeah, that's true. We we we've we've had 
a lot of really fraught and emotional storylines. True, nothing horrible and it happened. Gave us, it gave us a nice breather. And there's no real cliffhanger to speak of, Mm-mm. other than what's happening with, with Ken. Where's Ken going? Yeah. And that's not really. And will he up take Eccles? <laughs> of course, you'll take Eccles. You better believe he's taking Eccles. So, yeah, it was sweet. Yeah, I liked it. It was sweet. It was I, funny. I, um, it, the only part I didn't like was Yasmin seemingly forgiving Tim's dad and, and hugging him at the end. And the fact that he looks like such a sad sack, you know, standing there in the doorway waiting for her, you know, kind of mimicking Tim waiting for Sally. And we're supposed to be getting this. Oh, good. They're back together again. And she's forgiven him. And he's going to be nice now. I don't I think you're reading that completely wrong. Well, I I know he's not going to be but I'm just afraid that some people might get that impression that, oh, okay, it's okay now. Well, those because, people are assholes if they can't read because that, let's that remember, totally not the situation. Let's remember, we've all been asked to forgive the fact that, that Kel has abused Paul. And I don't think we've been asked to forgive seem... that at all. Nobody's asking us to forgive that. We're No, not forgive. Forget. Oh, forget We're that. We're supposed to forget. It, it, and it's it seems just, that, that this storyline no is over going, now yeah. and he's never going to get his comeuppance. You know, and I don't know. He'll get to come up in someday. Yes, Moment eventually. It was written the ghosts of the past for me. Yes, I think I think so. Yeah. Well, we've given it to Rita before, I think. Yeah, but we haven't given it to her recently. It's and been ha- a while. And we haven't given it to ghosts. No. So, <laughs> so that's our... Moment of the week. Moment of the week. The boring moment of the week. When was I bored? Sean and Grinder? No. <laughs> you didn't find that boring? No, not really. Um, something having to do with Daniel? I, I suspect so. <laughs> I think no, I'm sending that email was kind of... Huh? No, that was annoying. That wasn't yep. boring. That was annoying. It had to be done, though. Um, hmm. Evelyn telling Asha that she needed to get in and, and work in the shop. That was pretty dull. The first time that she's been in it again since her therapy for her skin thing and then she's in it for one scene. and Oh, well, and then she's in it at the end because Amy is showing off her new rings oh, right, right. to Asha because Asha know- gets invited over for cake. And Amy makes Amy says something about Asha without without outing her. When they're having that talk about generational things, yeah, she's like, our generation has problems yeah. because I have a friend who self-harms. Hmm. Okay, or I maybe should... that's it. Maybe it's the, you know, which generation has it worse conversation, which was just awful. It wasn't great, although I thought that Neela made some good points. <laughs> the whole but thing. But then so the Yeah, the whole thing was kind of just, it, it, it didn't. It was out of keeping for the episode for the type of episode that they were doing it was right. strange characters having a strange conversation right was it boring well i can't think of anything else that was boring so let's just call that our boring moment of the week boring moment of the week shall we wrap this one up then yes please this, so i can go to bed this monumental series of episodes <laughs> of coronation street that just bored the tits off of you <laughs> they're still here they're still here 
If you've opened your door only wearing a towel and been confronted by Roy, please put your figurative pen to paper and give us all the juicy details. We're at talkofthestreet at gmail.com on email, which is also how you'd leave a voicemail on Skype or a couple of charitable badgers in our virtual tip jar on PayPal. We're at Cory Podcast on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. Thanks for making it to the end of another episode. And we will be back next week. Ta! We'll probably be late next week. Will we? Yeah, because it's Valentine's Day next Friday. Is it? And we're going out for our, for our dinner. Are we? At five o'clock, by the way. That's the only time I could get. Oh, God. Really? So that or half nine. I'm not eating at half nine. If no, I'm, I'm, not, if I'm eating at half nine. nine, I'm not sleeping. All right, fine. With uh, more. Uh, English, English in, English right? in. Nice. Talk of the street. Talk of the street. <laughs> oh, yeah, we're not making a podcast on Valentine's Day. I'm sorry, folks. This episode was brought to you by Donahue Solicitors, an award-winning firm of expert compensation claims lawyers. Donahue Solicitors represents claimants throughout England and Wales in their civil actions against the police, data breach, personal injury, and professional negligence claims. To start your compensation claim, go to www.donahue-solicitors.co.uk or call 08000-124-246 today.